Our Carolina Hurricanes will be back at home Wednesday. Let's for go. round two of the Stanley Cup playoffs. But who will they go against? Well, Rangers, Devils, Game 7 will be on 99.9 The Fan tonight at 8 o'clock. That's when the puck drops. We'll find out between those two, either the New York Rangers or the New Jersey Devils, who will be in Raleigh on Wednesday to take on our Carolina Hurricanes. Listen to that at 8 o'clock tonight. Can I tell you who I want them to play real fast? Go ahead. I want them to play the Rangers. I want Canes Rangers. I want that rematch from last year. I think I, for a lot of Canes fans, like, yeah, I want to run it back. Let's go. I'm with you. Let's go. It's going to be a border war between Raleigh and Apex, between <laughs> Canes fans and Rangers fans. Before you know what, the Greensboro folks are going to come yeah. in supporting the Canes, and then for you know, all of a sudden, Holly Springs is coming in, bringing in some more Rangers fans. Man. It's going to be a border war. I, I think you, you just upset a lot of people over in Cary right now. Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. No, but that's, that's where all the Rangers jerseys are coming from. Um, let's move into this. Mac Brown was on the uh, Adam Gold show earlier today. And, of course, if you uh, haven't been paying attention, this upcoming season uh, in the ACC, we will not have divisions anymore. So, goodbye Atlantic. Goodbye Coastal. Good. Uh, we're not going to have Coastal Chaos. We're not going to have uh, Clemson just staking claim to the Atlantic every single year. Buzzsaw. It's literally just going to be the top two teams uh, in the ACC, that's going to go to the ACC championship game, right? Not a lot of people are fans of divisionless football in the ACC, and one of those people is UNC head coach Mac Brown. This is what he said earlier today on the Adam Gold Show. We went to this format in the Big 12 when I was there, mm-hmm. and you can very easily have two teams play each other twice, and you could have a, a, the two teams that play the last game of the season have to repeat for the conference championship the next week. So, no, I like the divisions better. I was one of the ones that, that uh, was, was very vocal about it, and nobody cared. <laughs> nobody listened. But it, it's just, that's just the way I feel. I, I, like, I like the championships. I like the fact that you can win your division. Um, and and that, that's all gone away. But we're, we're doing things now, Adam, for TV. Sure. Uh, everybody needs more money within their, their league, and – I've got it, and they're trying to get better games on TV, and that's the reason they have us going to Clemson on the second to the last week of the season and going to NC State the last week of the season. Nobody would ever do that. Uh, before you were playing West Carolina, before you'd play your rival on the road, uh, and now we're playing at Clemson. So uh, that, that wasn't done for any other reason than those were the best games on those weekends, and TV needed it. It wasn't what was best for our team. You can listen to that full combo right now on the best of the Adam Gold show on uh, podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It is right there. Uh, so I will say this, Dennis, everything that Mac Brown just said did nothing to sway me. As a matter of fact, it was the same reasons he brought up was that made me feel like, yeah, this is still going to be a great idea because yeah. November 18th, when North Carolina travels down to Clemson, South Carolina to play at Memorial Stadium, and you're looking at maybe those are the two best teams in the ACC at that point, mm-hmm. and let's say maybe Carolina loses, somebody else moves up, Carolina has to win the next week yeah. at, at, at NC State, as he said, so then they can play Clemson again in the rematch down in Charlotte at the ACC championship game. I'm sorry, but that is going to sell more tickets to me because it's more drama. I don't care that two teams have to play each other more than once. Yeah, neither do I. Okay, fine. Go play yeah. each other more than once. Go win. 
I don't care. Go win the game. Right. I don't care. If put, that's what. This one thing that drives me nuts. As a former coach, I say this too. We always hear that we'll we'll play who's on our schedule. We'll go out there and we'll play. We'll play anybody. Okay. Well, go play anybody then. Quit scheduling the cupcakes to try and make things easier for you. Go play them. Okay. You got to play whomever twice. Go win the game. Yeah. Right. Isn't that the name of the game to beat your opponent and win a championship? Nah. To me, the divisions were the easy way. Divisions were the easy way. Now Agreed. in this format, I think we hopefully, hopefully we'll get the two best teams in the conference. This gives us more of an opportunity for that because there have been some years where Clemson is obviously was competing in the national championships or competing for them, but the second best team in the conference may have been NC State or even when Lamar Jackson was right. playing at Louisville. I mean, Wake Forest, as much as we like to sometimes knock on Wake Forest, you, you do. <laughs> Not I me. say the royal we as in myself, <laughs> but in all honesty, they're a really good program. And yeah. they, heck, they went to the ACC championship game just a couple years ago. There's a reason why yeah. five and three teams in the conference are making it out of the Coastal, yeah. but a team with one loss in the Atlantic can't compete for a championship. No, miss me with the, well, we got to play two games back-to-back tough in a row. Cry me a river. I don't care. Well, first off, I'm not going to talk to Mac Brown like that because uh, no, I'm just speaking in general. <laughs> I'm going to say I'm going to come with him to respect. Hey, sir, I, I don't agree with you on that. Um, yeah, yeah I no, I, I don't. I don't mind rematches because I think the rematches will make things more exciting because now we know for sure that you're going to see every team in the ACC once every two years, right? So we yeah. end up having a situation where there is a big time rematch, and let's say Carolina is in a situation where they lose to Clemson uh, on November 18th. Then they lose to Clemson again in the ACC championship game. That's three times. Mm-hmm. So when they play Clemson again in two years, well, some of those guys that's going to be on the roster will remember that. Oh, yeah. Maybe that'll be a big-time game, and, and that'll be something that ESPN wants to pick up for a national game once again. We talk about what's happening uh, right now in the Big Ten the SEC and and the money that they're making and the money that the ACC is not making, well, maybe some of these big-time matchups can help bring that the eyes and, and bring some more money to the ACC and give uh, matchups that people want to see and make it you know, even more big-time than it was before. I don't like – some of these teams never had to play each other. It was like once every few years, six, seven years, that you know, a certain teams will get a chance to play each other. I don't like that. I, I, I like the fact that you get a chance to mix it up in your schedule and see everybody in the conference. I also like the fact that we get to see teams that are literally right down the road from each other in NC State and Duke play each other. Yeah. Like, there's that no, doesn't happen like, often. Yeah, there's no, there's no reason why that Wake Forest and UNC should schedule each other as non-conference games. Yeah. The, yeah, it's just the whole dynamic of – of divisions, nah. Give me the two best teams in the conference. That's what I want to see. Let's talk about this because this will also impact, uh, you know, where high schoolers or how high school players uh, decide on colleges. Yeah. Um, Nick Stevens from HighSchoolOT.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, check out the work over at HighSchoolOT.com. It is amazing work for everything high school related, and he has uh, an article that just came out. Uh, maybe about 40 minutes ago, and here's the headline. The NCHSAA board will consider policy allowing high school athletes to profit off NIL. Now, high school athletes in public schools, because that's what the or, – or mostly public schools for the mm-hmm. NCHSAA, uh, they're not allowed to get NIL. Now, there are some places around the country where there are some high school students in private schools who are getting NIL and profiting off of that. 
I love this Mm -hmm. for these high school athletes because, one, just like any other person, what if there's, uh, you know, uh, somebody in band, right, who's really gifted musically, and they put out a song on streaming platforms, they're not going to get kicked out of school or kicked out of band because of that. Yeah. They're able to profit off it if there's profit there's there's there to be made. Yeah. Now this isn't going to. I think some people are going to say it's going to ruin sports. It's going to ruin. No, it's not. You know, because a lot of these Let, kids aren't going to make a lot of money. Well, but if you're special enough, or if you're if the opportunity is there, it's allowing you to open up the market and make some money for yourself and your family. And here's the thing as well: high school athletes that can profit off of their name, their image, and their likeness, they're the exception to what normal high school athletes are going through. Again, these are the exception. We shouldn't hold back people because they're the exception. Right. Right? That's that's the way I look at it. The Not to, like, knock on anybody, but an, a, a starting offensive lineman at Panther Creek High School, that if they're not a five-star or four-star recruit, a big-time name, they're probably not getting a name, image, and likeness deal from somebody. That's just a simple reality of it. Call it what it is. Name or name any high school around here. Now, if you get, for example, someone that came from this area, like when John Wall is from this area, if he was playing basketball, that's a big-time national basketball recruit, right? Yes. That's someone that can earn some money off doing that. That should be allowed, in my opinion. But here's the one thing I caution. This goes out to parents of kids. Make sure you're talking to the right people because I guarantee you there are a lot of sharks out there that are going to try and – snake money off your kids, try and sign you to these deals and these contracts. I mean, look at the stuff that Zion had to go through. Absolutely. With uh, For those who don't know, Zion Williamson, when he was at Duke, signed a, a deal with like a, a marketing agent and things like that. Ended up being like they tried to steal a bunch of money off of him, basically, yeah. is essentially what happened. Not trying to dig into the weeds on that too much. But that's the one caution I will have for some of these high school kids. There will be people that try and take advantage of them. Happens with college kids right now. Happens with pro athletes. People try and take advantage of people because they feel like they can get some money off you. That's my one caution for them in that regard. But if there's a local business that wants to play, pay a top high school athlete some yeah. money to come do whatever, why not? And you, you talked about the exceptions, and I want to talk about this also from a small town perspective. Somebody mm-hmm. – at UNC right now by the name of Jefferson Boaz. He's uh, buried on the depth chart. He's a quarterback there. Mm-hmm. I covered him when I was working in the triad area. He went to uh, East Surrey High School yeah. uh, around Pilot Mountain. He was the man in that small town area, mm-hmm. right? Because he started in football, basketball, and baseball. Well, in these small towns, why not have somebody like that? Sure. Maybe not a four-star, maybe not a five-star type of athlete. But in your town, he is a big deal. Hey, my name is Jefferson Boaz. Come out to such and such bar and grill uh, tonight. And me and my team, that's where we're going to celebrate the big win. Give them a couple dollars. Give them a free meal. I don't see anything wrong with that. Zero. I do not see anything wrong with that Zero whatsoever. That. That's actually a really good point because we oftentimes look at the high-profile athletes nationally. Right. The big social media followings, right. whatever it may be. But, it, yeah, for a, a smaller town, the, the big-time local athlete. That's where I think it will work the most because yeah. you're you you know there's going to be your four stars, your five stars, and all that you know that's good. But the small towns that show up, think about Tarboro. Think about the next big time uh, athlete that comes out of Tarboro that plays for that football program. That guy or girl, whoever it is for for whatever sport, 
they are going to be stars in that town, and people are going to look to them for the future. People call up to WRL just to talk about Tarboro football. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. It could help out with that, and I don't see anything wrong with this. I'm, I'm hoping that high school athletes will get a chance to make some money off of their name, image, and likeness. Speaking of local athletes, for example, a guy who went to Leesville Road High School, we missed this guy, played at Elon, Cole Coleman, defensive back, from right here in Raleigh, again, Leesville Road High School, signed as an undrafted free agent with the Indianapolis Colts. Yep. He wasn't drafted, but congratulations he's going to be going to off-season camps and things like that. So congratulations, Cole Coleman, from right here in Raleigh as well. We missed that a little bit earlier. but And if I'm not mistaken, his father played at NC State uh, as well. So I mean, it, that's, in, that's in the family right there. Yeah, runs in the blood. All right, Dennis. You ready? Let's do this. Let's hit it and quit it. All right, first thing, let's hit this. You mentioned Rangers-Devils Game 7. Who do you want? You want Canes or you want Devils? You know, I'm sorry. Right, you want Rangers or you want Devils? I'm split. I mostly want the Rangers because I want the revenge from last year, but I feel like the Devils would be an easier matchup. I see what you're saying in that regard, but I want all the revenge. I want this to be 100% Canes sweeping the Rangers. <laughs> I want the Canes to destroy that. Also, I want. The Rangers and the Devils to play like seven overtimes tonight. Because you know why? Tired I want legs. tired, exhausted. Canes come out fresh, ready yeah. to just give them the fresh skibbity paps on Wednesday. <laughs> That's what I want to see. You hit your uh, own hand pretty hard right yeah, there. Yeah, I did. It's like clapping. Are you okay? But I backhanded it, so no, I'm good. Okay, all right. 100%. All right. I just wanted to make sure. No, yeah, I, I think I want um, – the, the Rangers overall for sure because you've got to have that revenge aspect. Last year, the Carolina Hurricanes did not lose at home. The only time they lost at home in the playoffs was the one elimination game against the Rangers, which ended up ending their season. Yes. So you've got to get your face back from that. Yes. Uh, and that was in the game seven. Of course, they didn't win on the road at all last postseason. Uh, though So far, they've won on the road twice in the postseason. Uh, so they're two and one. The well, they've won back-to-back games, therefore it's a winning streak. And they're so, going to continue that when they sweep the Rangers. They're good this they're year. They're going to make it four straight wins on the road. Hopefully uh, we can uh, finish that up uh, this year. Uh, let's quit that. Let's hit this. Here's, here's something I thought was very interesting um, mm-hmm. when I looked it up. Paul Stastny, of course, he um, it was the one that had the game-winning goal against the uh, Islanders on Friday night. With that game-winning goal, and eliminating the Islanders, him and his father, Peter Stasny, become the first father-son duo to eliminate an opponent with an overtime playoff goal. His father, Peter, knocked out the Canadiens in 1987 when he played for the Hartford Whalers. Let's go. So technically, him and his dad did it for the same programs, did it for the same team. Nothing technical about it. They did it. Hartford Wellers, of course, moving down here mm-hmm. to become the Carolina Hurricanes in the mid-90s. That is amazing. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's pretty awesome. And here's the thing. Paul Stastny was signed to the Hurricanes because of Max Pacioretty's injury. Right. Because it was right. after Pacioretty's injury, they go, oh, we might need just a veteran guy, something, not, someone not super expensive that can add depth to the lineup. So they signed Paul Stastny. Yeah. And look what he's doing. Two goals in the playoffs. And he's playing a different role. And yeah, he's playing on a fourth line. In much of his career, he's a first, second-line center. He's playing a fourth-line center. So guess what? You're only getting 10, 12 minutes a night maybe. Now, 
He's been effective on the power play. He's also one of the reasons why they brought him in is to be on the power play. But, yeah, it's not like he's skating 17, 18, 19 minutes a night. He's just not that – He's not, at 37 years old, he's not at that in his career anymore. I just turned 37, so it's kind of hard I'm to hear that. I'm about to turn 37. As being old. And I will say this, <laughs> as someone who plays hockey, you play about 20, 25 minutes every single game because you have to because you have 10 skaters sometimes yeah. if you're lucky. Sometimes you have seven or eight. So we should play have, a lot of minutes. We should have a three-way, like – a video where me, you, and Paul Stasny all get together, drink a beer, and just talk about being 37. I'm down for that. Let's do that. I'm down for that. Call it our Andre Sveshnikov year. Uh, let's quit that. Let's hit this. Damn! Carolina Panthers, they uh, completed their draft over the weekend. Let's mm-hmm. talk about their draft class. Of course, uh, Bryce Young, number one overall quarterback. Yeah. You needed that. And a lot of people feel like... He's the best quarterback coming out of this class. Uh, then in the second round, Jonathan Mingo, who's a wide receiver from Ole Miss. DJ Johnson in the third round, who is an edge rusher from Oregon. That one's a little bit of a head scratcher because, as we heard from Bashtai Hurt from Carolina Blitz, there's a lot of people who felt like he still would have been there in the fifth round. The Panthers traded up, gave away a, one of their fourth-round picks to go get this guy. Head scratching. In the fourth round, Chandler Zavala from NC State. He is a guard on the offensive line. And then in the fifth round, Jamie Robinson, who's a safety out of Florida State. Overall, I will give the Carolina Panthers a B plus. A B plus. Um, the only thing holding them back from getting an A is the move with DJ Johnson. Again, uh, you could have found an edge that's available at any other point in the draft Mm -hmm. you could have used that extra pick that you gave away to the Steelers to move up to get a linebacker because you need linebackers you don't know if Frankie Louvu and Shaq Thompson are even going to be around next year and those are the two starting linebackers that are going to play for your team so why not start building with that instead of moving up and giving away a draft pick for a 25 year old project I'm with you and that's the reason why I give their draft a C minus because for the same reason, well, well, here's I'm gonna. Provide, I do not want to take your class. I'm gonna take. Well, <laughs> hey, I'm a tough grader. I'm not. I'm not gonna just hand out easy grades here, Chris. Oh, okay. All right, Bryce Young. 100. I'm 100 on board with Bryce Young now. Home run pick, my opinion. But Mingo, I'm cool with that pick as well. You need a receiver. He's got the got a lot of the measurable stuff. Mm-hmm. But in my opinion. You wasted two picks in this draft. One to trade up on Johnson, and then you wasted that pick on Johnson. It benefited okay? your team, though, the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's different. <laughs> That's different. But I'm talking here for the Panthers' sake. Your draft capital, you depleted it to move up to number one. You don't have a first-round pick next year. Again, you traded away a second-round pick in 2025 as well. Yeah. Your draft capital for the next couple of years has already been hurt. So why did you waste a pick? to move up 13 spots to take a guy who would have been there for the fourth-round pick you probably gave up. Right. So, to me, you wasted two picks to take a guy, like you said, is a project and an older one at that. If he was 21, different story. But a 25-year-old guy, you if that when he finishes his rookie contract, he's about to turn 30 years old. Are you going to give that guy a second deal? Mm. Likely not, in my opinion. Mm. At least not a big one. So, no, to me, you wasted that pick along with the one that you traded up. So, you only got five picks in this draft. 
You talk about they still have holes that they have to fill, not just for the roster this season, but for years moving forward. Facts. You wasted that. You wasted so much. You gave up a lot of draft capital, and I don't think for everything that you gave up, you got the return that you expected outside of Bryce Young. Now, I will say this. I do like Jonathan Mingo, and I do like Chandler Zavala. I was shocked, though, that they added two more offensive pieces because much of your uh, free agency uh, acquirements uh, were on the offensive side of the ball. Mm -hmm. Like, you need some people on defense. We just talked about it. You need some linebackers. You need some edge rushers. I was surprised that they didn't go more uh, defensive heavy. You remember when Matt Rule did all defense in 2020? Yeah. That wasn't a bad idea for the Panthers at that time. I wasn't. I don't expect them to go all defense or all offense, of course, this year because you needed to have uh, a few different things on both sides of the ball, including Bryce Young. All right, let's uh, quit that. Let's hit this. Never lost. <laughs> uh, the Carolina Panthers, uh, of course, we talked about Jonathan Mingo. Mm-hmm. I feel like they have the deepest wide receiving core ever. Let's go through. Ever? Uh, ever. Oh, in franchise history or – I can't think of a time. Now, I have to go back through, like, the rosters of the 90s and early 2000s when I was a kid yeah. and, and really look at it. But I don't remember when the Carolina Panthers had seven wide receivers that you could see all starring in different places, all starring? different roles. Uh, and in, di- in different roles. Okay. You can star within your role. LaVisca Chenault starred within his role last year. Which was Probably what? the fourth or fifth best a wide receiver on the team. He was a game breaker when he needed to be. Mm-hmm. He would take his. You don't remember his like seventy-five yards, sixty okay, yards. You're, you're, you're describing a couple of plays, but that's what it comes down to—a couple of plays, right? Because between Bryce Young and maybe what he's going to do on his feet, who he's going to throw to, talk about all the different receivers: Hayden Hurst, also Miles Sanders. Like a couple of touchdowns here and there from one of these guys is going to go a long way. If Bryce Young throws, let's say. 30 touchdowns, which will be a lot because, remember, Jalen Hurts was almost MVP. What did he throw, like 25 or 26 touchdowns last year? He threw a lot. If he gets – if Bryce Young gets 30 and you're talking about spreading it out between all the different people that's there, one or two touchdowns here or there from uh, LaVisca Chenault or Shai Smith or Demir Bird is going to count somewhere. Okay. All right. Over the course of the season. All right, keep going. I can't think of the last time I thought one through seven – Man, that is pretty good. Now, I'm not saying everybody here are world beaters. I'm not saying that they're the best in the nation in, in, in the NFL, but this is pretty good. This is the deepest one I remember the, the Carolina Panthers having. Okay, I, I will I will go back to this. I'll say it again. Just because we know their names doesn't it, just because we know their names doesn't mean we have to automatically assume that there's depth. Just not because we that. know guys. For example, you look at some NBA teams like, oh, oh, they got John Wall on their roster. Well, what is he doing now? Nothing. You know, it's, hey, it's hey, the hey, thing. Hey, 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 let's not slander the people from here. I'm not, not, not Pick somebody else. That's the first one that popped into my head for us. <laughs> Try to keep it local for the people. Try to keep it local for Pick the people. Pick somebody else. But just because we know who these guys are doesn't mean that it is quote unquote depth. To me, because depth- you have Patrick Beverly on your roster, it doesn't mean. Yeah, sure. He's Patrick Beverly. He's from yeah. Chicago. Okay, there we go. That works. Yeah. But just because we know who these guys are doesn't mean that they're talented. To me, I look at depth as as depth of talent. To me, I don't know That's if here. there's a depth of talent here because to me, I don't see the real high end talent. To me, I see a like six, four, five or six guys who are equal to each other 
who are the equivalent of maybe a third or fourth receiver, but that doesn't mean there's depth. So, okay, I agree that there isn't the guy that you look at and you're like, wow, you know, he could be a pro bowler. I don't see that. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely correct. So that's that's what and, I and mean. They, they would have that. But when I say deepest, one through seven, all of these guys have value. It doesn't matter if they're equal or not. It's the fact that one through seven, you're looking at it like one of these seven, all of these guys could end up scoring a touchdown this Sunday. I don't ever remember going back and being like, man, I feel like Jericho Cotri is really going to torch the Saints today. Is there anyone on that team? Uh, is there anyone? Is there anyone of that receiving core that actually scares you? We're gonna quit this here in a second. Is there anyone on that receiving core that actually legit goes that get, get that makes a defensive coordinator lose sleep? Um, between no, Char- the, fa- the fact the fact between, that you, the between, fact that you pause between Chark and Terrace Marshall. Terrace Marshall keeps you up at night if you're a defensive coordinator, bruh. He's coming up in the world. Oh, okay. Trust and believe. Okay. Let's quit that. Let's hit this. Bruh. Hey, was that me? <laughs> Sounded just like me. Uh, the Panthers take the fifth-year option on uh, defensive tackle Derek Brown. They declined the option for C.J. Henderson. Now, let me explain this to you. When you're drafted in the, in the first round of the NFL draft, you automatically get a four-year contract with the fifth-year option that the team can take up. Mm -hmm. They have to take it by a certain point. Today was the deadline, or is the deadline, for the Carolina Panthers to take that. Derek Brown, C.J. Henderson, both three years in the NFL. They're coming up on their fourth year. You have to take the option going into your fourth year. Well, the Panthers also traded for C.J. Henderson. Remember when they had Dan Arnold for like a quick second, the (laughs) tight end on their team? Well, they traded him to the Jaguars last year, brought in C.J. Henderson, who was the Jaguars' former first-round pick, number nine overall a couple years ago. And so now you have these two first-round guys who are both taken in the same draft, and their options are coming up. Derek Brown is going to be around for a fifth year. We don't know about C.J. Henderson. Derek Brown has been absolutely playing out of his mind since he's been since he's been with the Carolina Panthers, uh, doing very well on the defensive line. C.J. Henderson, he well, stinks. When J.C. Horn and Dante Jackson were out, uh, you saw it happen. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who couldn't move the ball most of the season, all of a sudden Mike Evans has three burners to the house because of C.J. Henderson. I agree with this move. Yeah, I'm with you 100% on it as well. CJ Henderson, congratulations. You're a really good special teams guy. You're the ninth overall pick. You haven't lived up to it. All right, let's quit that real quick. We're going to come back to the draft here in a little bit, but I want to hit this here. I haven't peaked. I haven't climaxed as a player. One thing that I want to see more of is Steph Curry dropping 50. Oh. Dropping 50. Oh, my God. Now, here's, here's the thing. The NBA was given the gift of Lakers-Warriors round two. Absolute gift of Lakers-Warriors round two. And here's the thing. Me as the casual of casual NBA fans, I'll check this out. This will get some of my attention for sure. Listen, Steph Curry continues to show he's 35 years old now. Okay, Which is crazy to think about. He still looks like he's seven. Because if you think about it like this, and I think Monica McNutt said this this morning on television, which was a great point, so I want to give her her just due. If she she wasn't the one that said it, I apologize. But she said that when you think about players who are 35 years old 
in the the NBA. Typically, those big-time moments, those big 50-point games, those games that have never happened before in NBA history, they usually happen for somebody before they're 35. Mm -hmm. Those career-defining moments. And Steph Curry is 35, still having those career-defining moments. This is the first ever 50-point game in a Game 7 in NBA history. Think about all the people who've been in Game 7s. LeBron James, Michael Jordan. Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Wilt Chamberlain. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. And Steph Curry from Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. We're not going to claim Akron. I mean, don't don't look at Wikipedia. Yeah, 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 don't don't give me that. Don't look at Wikipedia. Don't give me that. He lived in Charlotte most of his life. Yeah. Um, He is the first one with the 50-point game in a game seven. That is amazing. Let's go. That is amazing. And that got rid of the, the Sacramento Kings and now... Uh, the the uh, 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 Golden State Warriors couldn't even remember the team he played yeah, for. Are going to move on uh, to go against Game the Lakers? Wild Crazy! I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a fun Crazy. series. This is actually one of the few times the NBA has really has grabbed my attention. Very much looking forward to it for sure. All right, let's quit that. Let's hit this. Let's talk about uh, the Florida Panthers. Oh yes, they are limiting their ticket sales to block Toronto Maple Leafs fans. From being able to buy up their tickets. So they're locking off the border. Is that what you're trying to tell me to do? (laughs) They're (laughs) closing the border. They're building a wall. Gosh. (laughs) They're closing off the border to Leafs fans. (laughs) So people can't get tickets. You know what? Um, The the Hurricanes did this last year. Yeah, they did this last year. I I don't don't mind that. So last year, for people that don't know, when the Carolina Hurricanes played the New York Rangers, they geofenced. The rain or the the hurricanes did on who could buy tickets. So right. if you didn't have a billing zip code that was in North Carolina, South Carolina, because why, or Virginia, <laughs> you couldn't buy tickets initially to go watch the Rangers play against the the Hurricanes in the Stanley Cup in the Stanley Cup playoffs in the second round last year. That's essentially what the Florida Panthers are doing. Because guess what? Knowing what prices are likely for round two tickets in Toronto for the playoffs are probably stupidly high. So it might be cheaper for someone in Toronto to fly down to South Florida, watch the game, and fly back than would actually go to Toronto and watch a game there. Because guess what? True. Maple Leafs fans don't know what it's like to be in the playoffs in the second round. It's been nearly 20 years for them. 2004. 2004. So, I mean, a lot of the fans were like six. Like six years old. Me and you graduated high school. Yeah, Exactly. I was in, yeah, we graduated high school last time we saw the Maple Leafs get this far. Ooh. I'm just saying. Now we're talking about 20-year reunions. That's crazy. I don't Yeah, you know what? That. Maybe that Leafs team should have a 20-year reunion to celebrate. Hey, look they at us. Should. We got to the oh second my God. round. That's amazing. Um, let me say this. Florida, South Florida especially, and oh, other parts of Florida, mm-hmm. is, is very similar to this area, right? There's a lot of transplants. So, like, when you talked about the the, the geo-blocking that happened last year, yeah. it didn't work because a lot of Rangers fans live in Cary anyway. Yeah, they live in Apex, all that stuff. I'm telling you, it's a it's a border war between Raleigh and Apex. So, my, my point is, it's probably going to be a similar situation for the Florida Panthers. Who's not to say that there's not a lot of people who've maybe moved to the United States from Canada, from Toronto, Maple Leafs fans living down in South Florida, in Plantation, Florida, in Miami, in Hollywood, in Boca Raton, all that area. So they still could probably get a lot of Maple Leafs fans in the building just because of that. But we'll see what happens with that. Let's quit that. Let's hit this. Let's talk about some of the local guys 
um, that were drafted in the NFL draft from this past weekend or signed uh, some undrafted free agent contracts. Uh, Josh Downs drafted to the Colts from UNC. Keon White, he's from Raleigh, uh, went to Georgia Tech, drafted to the Patriots. Hendon Hooker from Greensboro, drafted to the Lions. K.J. Henry from Winston-Salem, drafted to the Commanders. Asim Richards from North Carolina, drafted to the Cowboys as they're trying to beef up their offensive line. Yeah. Antoine Green from UNC to the Lions. Uh, Raymond Vohasek to the Jaguars. He's from UNC as well. Thayer Thomas uh, from NC State signing that uh, undrafted free agent uh, contract. Here's what that made me think about. Thayer Thomas to Minnesota. You know who else who went to Minnesota as an undrafted free agent? Who's that? Adam Thielen. Oh. Um, could we see Thayer Thomas be the second coming of Adam Thielen in Minnesota? I would love it for him if that's the case. I mean, have fun having to try and catch passes from Kirk Cousins. That's fine. Hey, listen, Kirk Cousins delivers those passes. Um, Drake Thomas, his brother, went to the Raiders uh, from NC State. Isaiah Moore, also from NC State with the Chiefs. That excites me because I feel like he's going to make that roster and do a lot of big-time things. Mm -hmm. Uh, Keaton Mitchell uh, from ECU went to the Ravens. Uh, Cole Coleman. From, went to Re- Leesville Road High School from Elon, and he went to uh, the Indianapolis Colts. So a lot of Shout local guys. guys. Uh, and we probably still miss some people, uh, but there's so many that's out there. A lot of local guys are going to get uh, their dream started. You know what I'm saying? 